Hello and welcome to the Planet Eclipse podcast. We are a roughly bi-weekly pop music and pop culture podcast related to all goings-on in the world of pop. Each week, a rotating group of panelists will be discussing pop culture topics that they find interesting. All panelists featured on this podcast are members of the Planet Eclipse Discord server. If you'd like to join us, you can find the invite URL for the server in the description on whichever platform you happen to be using to listen. I'm Sean, and I'll be one of your two main hosts on this podcast journey. You can find me on Discord under the username Amerishawn, hash 8017, that's A-M-E-R-I-S-E-A-N. Hash 8017. And I'm Morgan. I'm on the podcast as well. You can find me on Discord at DJ Barbie hash 7175. And I'm also on Twitter at DJ Barb. That's DJ Barb, B A R B, all one word. So this week, we're going to be doing things a little bit differently because last week, Morgan and I kind of monopolized the entire uh, segment section of the podcast with our discussion of Toe Low. Initially last week, we were going to have our guest panelists, Will and Sam, on to discuss Sia's uh, new film, Music. But because we took up all the time last week, this week, instead, we are giving them the entire runtime. And first, they are going to be discussing the passing of trans producer and kind of modern legend, uh, Sophie Zion. And after that, like Sean said, Sam and Will will be discussing Sia's upcoming film, Music, taking a look at Sia's career before music, um, some of the controversies that are surrounding the film prior to its release, um, discussing some of the leaks that have surfaced, and a few other details about the film. But before we get into that, Morgan and I are going to do our quick little fun thing. So this week, I gave Morgan and myself the challenge to find a song that we each individually really love, but has objectively ridiculous lyrics, like really stupid and really funny. So I'll go first. Um, The song that I picked is Dinosaur by Kesha. If you have not heard this song, go listen to it because it's amazing. A classic. (laughs) Yes, absolutely a classic. It's from her first album, Animal, and basically the narrative of the song is that Kesha is at the club and this old man is hitting on her and she calls him a dinosaur and makes a bunch of like creepy jokes about how he is an extremely old man who is hitting on her. It's very funny. So I chose something a lot more obscure and something definitely a little older. I heard this song on the radio a couple years ago, and it has genuinely stuck with me since then. From Leftover Salmon's 1993 album, Bridges to Burt, is the track Pasta on the Mountain. And the title itself is ridiculous enough, but some of the lyrics, it goes, Wondering where you'll get that box of the kindly mac and cheese. You've been walking the bridges that Bert, you got to get off the street. The whole song is just absurd and just it talks about macaroni the entire time. Um, I genuinely am beyond baffled by the song. I have no idea why it was written, um, why it was released. It just it just kind of exists, but it's hilarious and it's it's always stuck with me. I can't not think about this song. So yeah, that's our two fun, ridiculous, enjoyable songs for you to go listen to if you haven't already. And now that we're done with that, we're going to jump right into our remembrance of Sophie. (laughs) 
Hi everyone, before we get into the main segment of the podcast, we want to talk about the recent and tragic passing of legendary music producer and transgender icon, Sophie. Her very sudden passing left all of us in a state of shock and confusion and sadness, and we want to celebrate her many achievements in the field of PC music and pop music in general, and just her all-around impact on the music industry. And her influence is so widespread in her work with artists like Charlie XCX, Shy Girl, Vince Staples, Madonna, of many people, um, will stand as a true testament to her artistry and legacy. And when I think of Sophie, I think of one of my favorite tracks from her called Immaterial off her debut album, Oil of Every Pearl's Uninsides. And that song and album is truly a transcendent masterpiece in every sense possible. Its production is visionary, it's futuristic. I think that song, Immaterial in particular, gave many people from all walks of life um, like a push to think beyond their physical limitations in terms of their bodies. And more specifically, I think Immaterial helped many transgender, gender fluid, really a lot of people of the LGBT plus community to better identify themselves by showing that you can transcend past your body into being truly immaterial. Um, Sophie has one album. That album is Oil of Every Pearls on Insides. That album features nine songs and it is phenomenal from start to finish. My favourite track from that record has to be Immaterial. I have so many memories of just dancing with my friends, like getting ready to go out on a night out, listening to that song on repeat. She she changed the game, I think, with that album and just her sound in general. And she will be missed greatly. She was she was really ahead of the game. She was she was ahead of the top the times. I mean, she has worked with so many people. She worked with Lady Gaga in the early stages of her album Chromatica, and sadly those tracks were never finished. I think her work really speaks for itself, too, being how just flat-out amazing it is. And I think for all of these reasons that we mentioned, we're going to miss Sophie a great deal. And I encourage all of you, if you have not listened to Sophie by now um definitely listen to her album oil of every pearls uninsides from 2018 just take time out of your day to listen to her celebrate her because she was really the best of us i think and her passing was so heartbreaking so yeah may she rest in power yeah Hi, we're your guest panelists today, and I am Sam, also known as Into the Ozone, hashtag 6969, on Discord. And hi, I am Will, aka Miss Ibuti, um, hashtag 4809, on the Panic Discord server. And today we're going to be talking about legendary um, musician, singer, director, producer, actress... Um, just all around legend, activist, autistic activist. See it for us. Yeah, autistic 
Ad- advocate, yes. <laughs> yes. Oh my god. Um, the voice of the autistic community. <laughs> yes. The voice of the, yeah, autistic community. <laughs> wow. So, this episode of the podcast will focus on Sia and her discography and what she's been up to in the last two years. And her most recent leap from musician to actress, producer, and writer for her first ever movie. I was introduced to Sia at a very young age. My mother um, used to play her quite frequently. She was obsessed with Sia's first album, Only See, which is not available on streaming, sadly. Um, Her other albums, however, are, she has an album called Healing is Difficult, which is a pretty standard Sia album, but the instrumentals, the production, the way she sings, it's so much better than what she would do now in the terms that it just it's just more rarer it's it's more original than what she's singing about now she's she's very much transitioned from that i'm gonna sing about what the what the hell i want to i'm gonna sing songs that i wrote for other people and i don't think that's a bad thing it's probably a natural progression for sia i'd probably say my favorite song from her earlier albums would be The Girl You Lost to Cocaine, because my mother was obsessed with that song, and it was all she listened to for a, for a, a long time. And also, Academia. I don't know why I like that song. I think I... I don't know, I just do. Her earlier work is certainly more rarer than her new work, in my opinion, simply because it has a more interesting production. And I just... Feel like her voice is a lot better on the on these earlier albums than it is on the later records. Sia started off as a very as very much an indie artist, but then she blew up with her David Guetta collaboration, Titanium, which completely changed everything. It was on the radio forever. It still gets played now. It's huge. It's probably one of the biggest songs in the world, and I'm not even exaggerating. It's 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 her most popular song, I believe apart from her later songs, but Titanium was her biggest hit. Yeah, so after Titanium, which I could probably still recite from memory because that song was embossed into my mind. That song was everywhere back when it came out. But a few years after Sia, well, no, at that time, Sia wanted to um, avoid fame. She really wanted to retract from that lifestyle. But David Guetta unknowingly used, well, actually used um, her demo vocal for that song against her wishes. And when that brought on instant fame, uh, Sia was thrown right back into that lifestyle. And a few years after that, in writing for many artists like the smash hit Diamonds from Rihanna, she returned with her um, solo album, 1000 Forms of Fear. Which spawned the very successful single, Chandelier, which, in my opinion, is actually a pretty good song. I, I enjoy that one a lot. and that, But it was overplayed a lot back when it came out. But um, I thought it was pretty good. And, yeah, it was a great lead and had a lot of passion and sentiment in the vocals. And, yeah. And it was a sleeper hit, but it did gain a respectable uh, 76 on Metacritic which is pretty good. Then, after the success of that album, she returned a few years later with the album This Is Acting. And 
that's more just a collection of B-sides, I would call it, from 1,000 Forms of Fear. It was a bunch of songs that she wrote for other artists um, that they just rejected. And with a loose uh, structure like that, that album was pretty much destined to fail. But it um, did garner the pretty, actually probably her biggest single to date, uh, Cheap Thrills, uh, the remix featuring Big Sean. But then that album did not age very well and faded right into obscurity right after it was released. And in 2015, just a year before that album was released, Sia announced her directorial debut film, Music, at the Venice Film Festival. And its production was delayed numerous times, mainly because no movie studio would agree to finance it or distribute it. And the film was originally conceived as a non-musical with a measly $4 million budget. But later in the production process, it was transformed into a musical starring Maddie Ziegler when she was still only 14 years old. And the film has been ex- was uh, expected to screen multiple times from 2019 and 2020, with release dates being thrown out here and there by Sia, none of them being honored, though. But in late 2020... A release date was finally set for February 12th, 2021, which is just in one week, too. And prior to the movie's release, um, Sia released a handful of singles from the soundtrack, um, two of which I'm going to cover. And the first single would be Together, which is featured in the movie near the end credits. And I find that song to be very trite have no memorable qualities to it whatsoever. And Sia's vocal take on it was really grating. You know, it's wild that Jack Antonoff produced that song. Really? I think so, yeah. I think that's like a real fact. Let me just pull up. Yeah, Jack Antonoff did Together by Sia. Oh my God. He went from that to Chemtrails? How's that? (laughs) Jesus. No, no, he went to Norman fucking Rockwell to Together, then to Chemtrails, that's how, yeah. Which is wild. He had to have written that as a joke. Mm-hmm. That was just some, oh my god. Mess. And the music video, I thought, was pretty um, reminiscent of, like, 2014, 2015 Megan Trainer. Oh, yeah, definitely. Terrible. <laughs> It's just unbelievable that Sia would go from such, I don't know, authenticity with her early work into a song like Together in 2020 with um, just such bland lyrics and production. It's really she went from The Girl You Lost to the Cocaine, Chandelier, Cheap Frills, to Together. Yeah. Make it make sense? To writing, writing like, like, yeah, like writing the same, like, 20 songs over over and over again over the past, like, five years. It's, like, it's crazy. Yeah. And then another single I wanted to talk about was Hey Boy, which did garner a remix with, um... Oh, where's he from? With rapper Burn... Yeah, Burna Boy. And overall, I I found that to be, like, slightly better. I didn't mind his feature either, but... I did watch the animated music video for that too. And from the lyrics and the video, I saw absolutely no correlation to the movie at all. I don't see how any of these movies really 
compliment the film at all. Yeah. No sense at all. Like, I feel like, yeah, I feel like any of these songs could just be used for any project from her. I, it's, yeah. And she claims she did, like, three years of research to do this film, but... um. Did she? Yeah, that's what I heard about it. Yeah. And then... Oh, because the... Oh, my God, her tweets about it. She was... Stop. I think it was, like, around the same time as, like, the bad actor tweet. Yes, it, it literally <laughs> was. That's what... Yeah, she's, like, like, like go, going, going off, off on people, people about, like... I don't know things, things about, about autism, autism that, that you don't... Because I, I did three, three years of research. I'm like, shut the fuck up. Oh, my God, she's so um, annoying. Jesus Christ. <laughs> she's just yeah, grown so. more tone-deaf as she's got older. Half of the things she says are just so incomprehensible. Like... Reading her tweets out of context is really so fun, so funny to like watch, and just her downfall as a human—it's really a lot. It is. It's <laughs> kind of sad, but I kind of saw it coming. Yeah, I mean, like all the hate she's getting for this movie is—I mean, it's not undeserved, you know. <laughs> yeah. I mean, if you like claim like that, like the characters are autistic. But then, like, not mention it in the movie. What kind of message is that sending? Yeah, for a movie that preaches inclusivity and togetherness, it's pretty shocking. Actually, do no, it's not shocking. It's troubling, not shocking, that she would cast Maddie Ziegler, who's who she's been working with forever. But it's a testament to her lack of self awareness that she does not cast even someone just on the spectrum at all, you know, to give some uh, sense of, like, inclusivity. But, I mean, what are you going to do? She's, she, apparently she shot the movie, like, three years ago, too. And you can tell. Crazy. It's carelessness. I mean, she clearly doesn't care about Maddie at all. Oh, no. No. And that we're going <laughs> to... Some scenes that... Uh, she had Maddie act out. We're going to get into here. Too. Oh, yeah. Mess. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so should we start going through the plot? Yeah, we can break it down. Okay, cool. So yeah. I'll start. So in late 2020, a Reddit post um, leaking the entire plot of the movie Music um, garnered a lot of attention. Uh, I mean, as we we really did know that um, the movie was going to be controversial. Uh, <laughs> oh, yeah. From the moment Sia announced it. But this just brought, like, a whole new level to... I don't... It's just... Yeah. Okay. Well, we're going to get into this. And I'm going to read... We're going to read through a abridged version of the plot summary from the post. Yeah, so I'm going to start with... Um, in, in which, which the movie, movie is, of course, about, about autistic teenager named Music, played by Maddie Ziegler. As we said before, Sia never uh, pointed out that in the film that Music is autistic, which is a very weird creative choice. Um, but And then in every uh, subsequent interview promoting the film, she would really shed light on how she is autistic, but then not bring it up in the film. I find that to be a really weird dichotomy. Yeah, just in the film, she's just referred to as someone who need, who has special needs, in quotes. So, we are then introduced to Zoo. And before I even go into anything, what kind of name is Zoo? 
she really bit the bullet when she chose the names of these characters. We have regular standard names like George, Millie, Felix, and then we have Music and Kazoo. It's a mess. It really is a mess. So we follow Zoo, who is a sober drug dealer. And we are then introduced to other characters, such as Ibu. I can't pronounce his name. Ibo, Ibu, who is played by Leslie Odom Jr. And he is a gym teacher. Uh, we also meet a character called Felix, who is Music's neighbour who trains at the gym. And Felix is always watching out for music. And they have a special bond, although Ebo and Music never actually communicate in any way, which is very weird, considering that, like, you're going to promote a movie with, like, Maddie Ziegler and Leslie Odom Jr. N- n- let them never interact. It's weird. It really is. And he would just, like, pop up and just watch her, which is weird as well. Very uncomfortable. And uh, the, the movie's just a mess. Like, it's just... I don't know what she was trying to do with this movie. Is it a children's movie? What is it? What was she going for with this movie? Like, we have a drug dealer, but then we've got, like, a very childish base, basic plot. So we've got... I don't even know where to begin, to be honest. It's just a mess. I mean, there's a, there's a scene where music is dancing with a human-sized dog. What is that? What kind of fairy fuckery is that? A mess? It's furry culture, I swear. Yeah. Literally is, and I'm not here for it. So after that scene, um, garbled mess of a scene, uh, we're treated to one of many walks in the park with um, Music, Zoo, and Ebo. And once Zoo, or not Zoo, uh, Music has one of her, her um, quote, episodes i guess um if she really did research this movie she would have um i really just want to know what was going through sia's head through this (laughs) and she's like oh what's trending at the moment oh autism's trending let me make a movie about autism but not make the character autistic in anywhere but then mention that the character's autistic in everywhere it's just so weird and then at the walk in the park um Music just, I guess, lashes out at something. I don't know. And then Zoo and Ebo argue over who is going to, quote, jump on her, which I I guess I'm going to take that literally. <laughs> like, who's going to literally jump on her? Which, like, tackle a girl to the ground. Yeah, I don't know. That just doesn't sit right with me. And ultimately, it ends up being Zoo who jumps on uh, music um, because Ebo said, I'm not jumping on top of a small screaming white girl in the middle of a park. No, yeah. Sia. And then, so once Zoo jumps on top of music, um, Ebo comes over to coach Zoo on how to calm music down. And then once that meltdown subsides, but for some reason, um, Zoo takes music to get a rainbow snow cone, which... Sure. Well, well uh, yeah, we'll accept that. Wait, can I just point out, right? So, Ibu knows... Ibo, Ibu, knows how to deal with music, but Zoo doesn't, but Ibo doesn't interact with music at all. 
I think that was a typo before. I think that he meant Felix doesn't interact with music. Okay, okay. That makes more sense. I, guess, I was going to say, yeah, like, yeah. bit weird. But, like, it wouldn't surprise me because it's Sia. And Sia's like, oh, look what I did. I have, like, two characters that don't interact, thinking she's all quirky. <laughs> so, the next scene is a photo shoot scene. Because, of course, it would be. And Zoo is asking music to... what. Why is there a photo shoot? Anyway, um, to try and not have one of your freak outs, which is um, kind of problematic. But anyway, um, as she doesn't know these clients and wants to keep this job, so she wants music to get it, get it out now. Also, again, problematic. The elevator lets them onto the set of a photo shoot where music begins to make loud noises and heads for the set decorations. So... Naturally, Zoo has to go after her and try to go make her sit down. And the photo shoot director tells Zoo that they need... I cannot pronounce these drug names, so I'm just going to say the ones that I can pronounce. Morphine, Oxycontin, Percocet, and is it diluted? Like, okay, see ya. Come through with these drug yeah. names. And I think the elevator scene from early in that scene was shown in the trailer, I believe, because I feel like I... I remember seeing that somewhere and that in itself is a summary of the whole message of the movie why so next at the photo shoot um for unnamed celebrity who shocker is sia of course of course and when sia uh is introduced she runs over to zoo and music screams drug dealer drug dealer i don't know her accent or whatever I don't even know where... Oh, she's from Australia. That's pretty good, actually. I'm not going <laughs> to offend anyone today. Um, drug dealer, drug dealer, are you the drug dealer? And then Zoo heads to her and asks what she needs. And Sia tells her that the drugs they're buying are for charity work and will be sent to Haiti uh, because of an earthquake. I'm reading this directly from the Reddit post. Um... And kids need to have their bones put back together, <laughs> but are only given Tylenol. <laughs> I'm, oh my god. Um, and so she says, whatever you can get in by tomorrow, she'll buy and fly the drugs over there on her private jet. As if Sia is rich enough to afford a private jet. You can tell Sia about <laughs> this movie because the earlier scene where the director's asking for, like, certain drugs, and Sia's like, get me whatever. Like, Sia literally Googled drugs. Drugs that people take. And literally was like, oh, yeah, let's put, like, morphine and Oxycontin in there. Sia, you went slick. <laughs> Mess. I just, I don't. And then, like, the sub subtle flexes of, like, I'm going to fly them over there on my private jet, like, Chill. We're no, no, no. Sia, darling. No, 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 no. What did she think when she wrote? She literally. She was probably, like, she was probably on like a, a high from like writing yet again another Beyonce reject, and was like, oh my god, let me write a film. Who's lying to you, Sia? An entire film. An entire film. Um, Who does this? And then, what I think is the crowning jewel of this entire plot summary and the reason I'm going to be watching this film when it comes out is one of the uh, quotes from Sia that she calls this whole um, 
Pablo Escobar type situation. She calls it pop stars without borders. Isn't she just a saint? Honestly, <clears throat> what was she thinking? She no, that's something Megan Trainer would write. Please. That is something Megan Trainer would write. Oh my god, eh. pop stars without borders. Wow. Pop stars without borders. Anyway, um, and the, that scene is ended by music getting into her the wardrobe closet, and we see another musical scene of her and Zoo in crazy outfits dancing around, and you can hear Maddie singing in this scene as well. And although this is a Reddit post and seems pretty reliable, um, I'm going to take this entire post with a grain of salt because... It, there is just a chance that this whole thing could be fabricated, but I am praying this is real. Yeah, this I is. hope this is real because if it is, this is a shit show. And I, how we'll get into it at the end, but this movie was nominated for Golden Globes. Two Golden Globes. The fuck were they thinking? Oh Anywhere. I'd rather watch K through twelve than this shit. Like, oh my god, that could be a whole other episode. Oh, K through twelve. Oh, oh my god. So, yeah. we then get to another park walk, because that's all music does this movie. Walk through parks. And while Zoo is getting music, another um, rainbow snow cone, because product placement. Music climbs under a bench and starts... Does she really do this? Starts eating gum off the bottom of it. <laughs> okay. And then Sia's drugs get stolen. Okay. And then Zoo relapses. Okay. The next scene, we see Zoo passed out on the couch with blood all over her face and is woken up by music who walks in with a pee stain. I should have read this before. On the back of her <laughs> pants because she wet the bed. Sia said, let's throw four crazy scenes together and call it a day when shooting those scenes. That sounds like a G-rated version of, like, The Exorcist. Like, Literally. It really does. No, I can't do it. See ya. Who proved this? An overdose with blood all over her face. I don't get that. I don't get that either. That's um, not realistic at all. Like, what drugs was she taking? Like, I can see if she was, like, doing, like, a lot of cocaine or, like, something like that snorting. But, like, see us, Alan. You have no comprehension of drugs or how they work. After this, I don't even know, scene, um... Zoo finds a facility for music uh, where Zoo plans to leave her. And as they're waiting, um, music is sat on the medical bed together. And music tells her, like pleads with her to not leave. And they hold hands and then Zoo just magically comes to her senses and they leave. And then suddenly there's a wedding. I, I don't know where that came from. It's like Zoo's brother's wedding. I don't even know. Yeah. And suddenly Leslie Odom Jr. shows up again and he starts playing the piano. <laughs> and then Zoo just goes up and sings. And then they go into the music video for Together. Wow. And then the credits roll. Oscars all around. Just... So the budget went from four million to sixteen million. Who gave her more money? Yeah, literally. Who gave her more money? Oh, that's the even funnier thing. Um, before it was a musical, they actually had it as a 
just like a regular movie with no musical scenes or anything. And from my understanding is that the music videos of this film take up at least like a third of the runtime, if not more. So I'm wondering how, if they cut a lot of plot or something, or if there just wasn't sufficient. Sounds like they did. It sounds like it really does sound like they cut a lot of plot out because there's a lot of scenes in there that just don't work. Like I'm confused. Like how did Sia's drugs get stolen? And then why did Azu relapse because of that? Yeah. She's like, oh, the kids in Haiti, they can't get their morphine. I'm like... They can't grow their bones back together. (laughs) Their bones back together? (laughs) Oh my god, I hope this summary is real. Amazing. If if Sia went to Haiti and started singing together and their bones grew back together. Oh my god. Yeah. I'm writing her next movie for her. Also, why Haiti? Like, that's such a stereotypical place. Like, that's like, oh, what country has earthquakes? Google's. Haiti has lots of earthquakes. Yeah, I mean, they're definitely um, prone to natural disasters, as the one before that was pretty devastating. But then to to bring it up again, I don't even know. Sia said she did three years of research. She Googled, like, probably three things once a year. And that's her research, literally. And, like, who wrote the movie with her? Only one of a person, no. Yeah, only one of a person. Someone called Dallas Clayton. Who the hell is Dallas Clayton? He works, oh, best known for his children books. Of course. Mess. And the I fact that this movie was nominated for two Golden Globes. No. Two Golden Globes. I mean, on IMDb, the movie already has, like, a pretty respectable uh, 4 out of 10, which is pretty low for the website, based off of a little over a 1,000 reviews. Um, what do critics think? Critics? I don't think there have been too many critic reviews yet. That'll probably be next week. It has 29% on Rotten Tomatoes. That is a lot higher than I expected it. Alright, let's look at a review. They're all pretty much the same. Just, just don't. Don't play characters that have disabilities and then not cast characters that have those disabilities, actors, sorry, that have those disabilities. It's just tone deaf. It's 2021. It's, yeah, even three years ago, this movie just would not work It would not flash, no. I mean, I get, like, the Rain Man approach to this movie, but that was, like, 30 years ago. I mean, I guess that was acclaimed back then and didn't have to worry too much about sensitivities around the autistic community. But in 2018, 2019, to now, like, you, you, no. If someone made Rain, Rain Man today, I don't think it would be looked at in the same light. I hope this is a wake-up call to see it. I hope, I hope this movie is just slaughtered. What I thought was incredibly funny was that the organization Autism Speaks um, publicly endorsed this film and that they actually... I think they funded part of the movie, too. Stop that, really? And, yeah. And that organization has been criticized many, many times for being extremely harmful to the autistic community. I'm not sure about um, specifics about their controversies, but, yeah. I don't think they're the right organization (laughs) to work with. Yeah, back to the Golden Globes nominations for this being nominated for, um, I think it was best motion picture being musical or comedy and then 
Kate Hudson getting nominated for lead actress for playing Zoo. I mean, I watched the trailer. I mean, I got a pretty good understanding. I just don't see it. <laughs> yeah. I mean. No. It's like, like, yeah, like Justin Bieber getting nominated at the Grammys this year. Like that one, like what the fuck nomination, you know? Mm-hmm. To be fair, though, yeah. I don't blame Kate Hudson for taking this role just because before this, her last role was in 2017, so she's probably desperate and needed the money. Don't blame her. Really? Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, her last movie was Marshall, but she's got two of us coming oh. up, so... It's, like, what makes me worried about, like, um, Cameron Diaz. Like, she hasn't had a role since, like, I think 2014 with the Annie remake, and I'm just worried about, like, if she's going to botch up her uh, comeback role, you know, like Kate Hudson. <laughs> I think she's like in retirement, um, isn't she? Cameron Diaz. Yeah she, yeah, she might be in retirement. And, well, Annie. <laughs> yeah. That Annie remake was her magnum opus. Literally. Yeah. And then uh, Kate Hudson actually shaved her head specifically for this role. That's another thing that confused me is why is Kazoo bald? Like, I mean, like. <laughs> why is she bald? Why is she bald? <laughs> What is, what, what is it like? It doesn't add anything to her character. I mean, it's not like there's any character to begin with. I mean. I don't know. I just feel like she shaved her head off. Like, like in like Stranger Things, when Millie Bobby Brown did it for her role as Eleven, like it served a purpose. She, like, she did it for a purpose. Like Sia, that's not what drug dealers look like. I really want to know how much like creative control Sia had over this movie. Like, I know it's. It was, I think the movie's actually distributed by Vertical Entertainment, like. And I, I don't, I don't really know who they are. I don't know. I mean, it's getting, a, in the US, it's getting a limited uh, theatrical release, of course. I think it's just getting screened for one night on the 10th, I think. I think I just saw that. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, you do you. <laughs> yeah, I don't, yeah. Because where I am, I don't think any theaters are open right now. I think maybe one like, in a 50-mile radius of me is, but, like, that's it. I haven't been to the theaters in over a year, so... Do you know what? Maybe I'll make this film my comeback theater experience. Yeah. <laughs> oh, no. Don't waste your money. Oh, my God. I cannot wait to waste money on this movie. I'm not even kidding. No. Jessica, I'm gonna bootleg it, of course. Of course. S- censor that in post-production. Oh. And, um... Oh, and then um, the Pop Stars Without Borders scene, um, that had a little trivia behind it, too. Uh, Sia offered Katy Perry, of all people, and Beyonce, uh, what I'm assuming is that role, but when that was revealed, it's just uh, they were offered a general role, but it was pretty clear it's going to be that role, that Sia eventually just took herself and... Katy Perry, oh my god. <laughs> I just found out some more trivia as well, that the character of Zoo was originally played by, originally planned to be a male, and was supposed to be portrayed by Shia LaBeouf, of all people. Oh my Jesus Christ. <laughs> Which makes this movie even more, like, a shit show. Especially if that came, if they didn't, like, recast it, and that came out, like, now. Oh my god, could you imagine? Honestly. Oh Jesus. This movie um, should have stayed in Caesar Vault. Yeah, I forgot. I think it was for the Elastic Hearts video, like, 2014 or something. Um, 
Sia cast in Maddie Ziegler, who was then, I think, 12 years old, and Shia LaBeouf in the same music video. Yeah, and she got loads of controversy and, for it. Yeah, and he was, like, ripped and shirtless, and Maddie was just in this, like, just like a, like, her skin-colored um, leotard. And um, people were like, what the fuck is this? <laughs> oh, my God. Just shocking at that. <laughs> see this like thought process on just what she makes um and then one last piece of trivia i wanted to bring up just this just came up a few days ago but the twitter account fandom underscore sia um posted a excuse me a quote from sia uh stating i sent uh steven spielberg music to watch he already cast Maddie in Wet Side, West Side Story, not Wet Side Story, that's a different movie, um, for a very small role, and as a background dancer. And then he saw music, and he was like, no, she shouldn't do this, uh, like dan- just dancing in the background, and she should win an Oscar for this role. She's lying. It's, it's a clear, blatant lie. <laughs> Steven Spielberg must have been on some like must have been like, I don't know, high or something. Like, what did he, he say in this movie? What did he say? Blackmailed, <laughs> blackmailed into it, maybe. Literally, oh no, maybe Sia paid him to say that. I believe in 2020, um, there was another controversy surrounding the movie when um, people became more aware of Maddie Ziegler's casting as a autistic girl, and people obviously presented a lot of backlash to that. Mm-hmm. And so there's this um, Twitter thread that I wanted to bring up in which the first tweet says, uh, like, defense Sia and how she worked really closely with an autism center on the film Autism Speaks, which we know is not credible at all. Not at all. And gave the reasoning that a non-autistic actor is that it was shot in just a few months and Sia didn't want to pressure anyone. You can tell. You can tell it was shot in a few it's months. Just, it's just how she, like, invalidates autistic people. And that, well, that's, that's just the first part. And then another tweet, the second tweet, uh, reply to that, says, the movie uh, Come As You Are made this excuse to. It's lazy, and there are people with disabilities who are actors looking for opportunities, and they are not hard to find. And... Then an autistic actor, um, I do not have her Twitter account, his or her Twitter account, and they rebutted and said, several autistic actors, myself included, responded to these tweets. We all said we could have acted on it on short notice. These are excuses that are just that, excuses. The fact of the matter is zero effort was made to include anyone who is actually autistic. And Sia herself chimes in, on this delightful Twitter thread and just replies very crudely and bluntly to the autistic actor above. Um, She replies, maybe you're just a bad actor. And again, I just want to know what goes through her head. (laughs) That just speaks so much volume about how much C actually cared She just didn't care. It's as simple as that. Oh my god. And then 
the character of Felix. I want to go back to him. Who was he? And what point did he serve? I don't know. <laughs> he was just at the gym, and then um. Who plays Felix? Oh, I looked him up. It's some unknown actor. They don't have a. Um, they don't even have like a headshot on IMDb. Beto Calvillo. Cavillo. I think he has a YouTube channel. I'm not sure. Oh wait, he he was in the together music video. I don't remember him at all. But apparently he just like observes music from like a a great distance and then just has his own little subplot apparently too. Oh. And the poster did not go to him death on that. Okay, that was um, very very weird, very questionable. Poor Maddie Ziegler casted at just um fourteen years old too in this movie. It just doesn't sit right with me that she was casted at such a young age for a heavy role. I guess like yeah, this. It's such a heavy role. It's a role that she yeah. should never have played. Like, yeah, she's a pretty great dancer, I guess. I mean she was great in the Chandelier music video, but I have no prior knowledge to her acting ability, so I don't I don't think I'm an authority to say anything on her acting ability. But from the trailers and this post, it's... Yeah. Questioning. Especially playing an autistic character. So, the autistic... Was it Charity? Yeah. They, like, coached Maddie. Did they coach Maddie? Like, did they, like, teach her how to be, like, autistic? Oh, I highly doubt it. Oh, no. No, because, um... They came on after the movie was filmed. And then her throwing, like, tantrums, like, fits in, like, the parks and at the studio. And then eating gum off the bottom of a bench, I don't... No, who does that? I mean, I do know a few autistic... I do have a few autistic friends. And they are literally normal. I just cannot... I don't even know how this movie exists. And how she call, calls it um, authentic, like an authentic autistic experience. Oh. Especially especially when they don't even mention that she's autistic in the film. <laughs> like, Which is so messy. I have an autistic brother and let's just say she did. No, no. It's a very, it's a misin, it's a spread of misinformation. It's going to spread a lot yeah. of misinformation. Yeah. Yeah. And oh, autistic rights are already behind as it is. And, like, yeah. it's it's just a mess. And if people who support C are going to see this movie and think, oh, autistic people act like that and act that way towards certain things, it's yeah. just um, very, very messy. And then it, it doesn't, doesn't seem, seem like there's any, like, theme to the movie, really, either, except, like... Yeah, I don't know, just, like... What's the plot? Togetherness... Yeah, there's no plot. <laughs> it's just a bunch of like mismatched scenes strung together with like little music video interludes. It doesn't make sense. <laughs> this could have had potential and could have like spread light on an already like on an already like shunned community. She could have she could have done something amazing with this. She she still could have done like the musical scenes. She still could have done like the whole music pop stars pop stars without borders stuff. She could have done that all if she spent a little more time learning and actually getting correct information from people who are actually autistic. She could have even still cast Maddie in the role of music, 
but actually got people who were autistic to coach Maddie into playing or playing like an autistic character. Because I'm pretty sure that Eddie Raymond, I know he's like kind of controversial now with the whole JK Rowling situation, but I'm positive he yeah. had like he was he actually got like proper knowledge and training how to play Stephen Hawkins in the very very thing. Mm-hmm. So why couldn't Sia who apparently did three years of research, get someone to come on and coach Maddie. If she really wanted Maddie in that role, and Maddie could have spread light on um, the autistic community, um, she could she she could have made something that that would have been amazing. But she decided. I think I think she wanted to do a movie, and she didn't care what the movie was. She just wanted to do a movie for the sake of doing a movie. I'm I'm thinking like two years two years down the line after this movie is well out and faded into obscurity as it should um that like anti-vaxxers are gonna like use this movie as like evidence of some sort to just push their agenda like i can see that i can see that in like the future but yeah well tldr um pop stars without borders airs on the discovery channel next week so you know watch that (laughs) Imagine if there was an actual show. I feel like there could be an actual show. This is where Sia's next project is Pop Stars Without Borders. <gasps> oh, she could even write a soundtrack for it. Oh wow. And then get Labyrinth to do like a little production on it. Like unsolicitedly fly drugs over to Haiti. <laughs> no, it's... Oh, that really pissed me off. Like, I'm sorry. She could have... Oh, no. It doesn't make any sense. Then she literally Googled something that was like... Oh, uh, what's on the rise in twenty seventeen? And then, like, didn't she announce this movie? Like, what? Like, when did she announce this movie? In two thousand fifteen. That's when it was announced. Yeah. I don't even. Yeah. Someone should have oh. stopped her. They probably thought, "Oh, no. cute, see, it announced a movie. It's never gonna come out." Well, at least uh, Shia, Shia LaBeouf wasn't casted. I guess that's the one tragedy they avoided. Yeah. But, but there's many other tragedies there. Yeah, I mean, more than makes up for that, so. Um, Give them a point for not casting Shia LaBeouf. Yeah, one point. That's where it's 29% comes from, <laughs> Rotten Tomatoes. Well, that movie will fade into obscurity, and this podcast will last forever. So, who really won here, Sia, huh? Yeah. Hi, guys. So, this is a quick update um, about a week-ish ahead of the recording of the rest of this podcast. And I wanted to give an update because even an hour after we (laughs) recorded the CS segment of this episode, um, there's so much news just to cover with her. And she is just terrible. Oh, my God. (laughs) So right after we... um, finished recording, uh, Sia tweeted, I plan to remove the restraint scenes from all future printings of the film, and I listened to the wrong people, and that is my responsibility. My research was clearly not thorough enough, not wide enough. No shit. And, um, and shortly after tweeting that, she also deactivated her Twitter account. And as of recording this update, just 10 minutes prior to recording, I finished the movie. I watched the entire film, music, and I could tell you every 
about 90% of what we said in this podcast of the plot description was true. It is a deeply disturbing movie, um, especially the restraint scenes, as <laughs> Sia, of all people, pointed out. I've, I've, heard, I've read things that, like, um, these restraints, like, have actually killed autistic people because, I mean, this was terrifying what I watched, and it's played off so, I don't even know the word for it, it's just, they don't portray it right, it doesn't, it's not, it's not correct, and um, I feel so bad for Maddie Ziegler having to play such a heavy role like this, and I could see it on her, on her face, like, throughout the entire movie, she looks so uncomfortable, and then just a few days ago, an article from ABC News described working conditions on the set of music, and I'll read a little bit of it. And Sia has been criticized for casting her longtime muse, Maddie Ziegler, in the title role of her new movie, Music, because the character is nonverbal and on the autism spectrum, and Maddie's not. Sia now says casting Maddie was actually nepotism, quote, no shit. <laughs> then later in the article, uh, Sia is quoted as saying, uh, she cried on the first day of rehearsals and she was really scared and said, I don't want anyone to think I'm making fun of them. And I boldfacedly said, I won't let that happen. And last week I realized I couldn't protect her from that. I thought I could. I realized there are th some things I cannot protect her from. Sia is a monster. She is terrible she forced this young girl, 14 years old at the time, to take a role of an autistic person. And after seeing the movie, you can, like, if I went into that movie, like, with no prior knowledge of what it's about, I would not think Maddie Ziegler's character is autistic. It, it's blatant disinformation, misinformation, disinformation, everything, because it, it's really damaging People are going to look at this film and think of it as an actual depiction of an autistic person's life. No. No, it is not. And this movie is so troubling. And the Golden Globe nominations are just really confusing me. Um, I mean, the movie itself was... The scenes were... The plot was non-existent. That's what I'll say. The plot was non-existent. There's this really extremely odd um, subplot with a character named Felix, who, we said it earlier in the podcast, but um, he just followed music around, and then he, like, is boxing or something, and then has fights with his parents, and then suddenly he just dies at the end. It's really extremely odd, but that's one thing. And another thing is the overall structure of the film, which, as I said, is pretty much non-existent. Uh, there's no plot at all. There's really not a theme of the movie either, except one very misplaced scene at the end where um, Zoo takes mu music to a clinic and like just decides to leave her there, but then she like looks around and she's like, no. And then they like, just go to the wedding. It's, it's just not, I don't even know. It's so incoherent. And then I want to get to the acting, which Kate Hudson, she was fine. I mean, it was nothing like 
special. She was fine. Leslie Odom Jr. was fine. Um, Kay Hudson can sing. I'll say that, you know. Maddie Ziegler, I can't judge her for her acting because, yeah, no, I can't do that. I feel so bad for her. She was just so obviously forced into this role. And then the Golden Globe nominations are very, very weird category for me because, well, let's face it, to get a Golden Globe nomination, all you have to do is have lunch with a member of HuffPa. And then, I mean, there, there you have it. You have a Golden Globe. I mean, you could compare it to the Grammys like that. <laughs> That's basically a popularity contest, but, you know, um, it's troubling. It really is troubling. And then another part of the movie I want to talk about were the musical interludes, which were very, <laughs> I don't even know, um, not what I thought they were going to be. I mean, Sia, she made a whole, like, 14-song soundtrack for it, and I mean, maybe like three of the songs were used, but like none of them were her though. I mean, except the one together during the closing credits, but I think Maddie Ziegler sang the first one. I don't even think that one's on the soundtrack. I didn't listen to it, by the way. Um, but Kate Hudson performs a few of them and she sounded good on one of them. I think it was the title track music near the end of the film, but, um, it was very odd, and the set, the set design on the music interludes, it was cool, I guess, um, yeah, that's probably the only positive thing you'll hear me say about this movie, um, the songs are not good, the songs are so bad, oh my god, um, that one plus one song, I had to skip through it, because it was so repetitive and just boring, and the lyrics were contrived, the um, choreography was not good. Oh my god, this movie is such a mess. Oh my god. I think that's all I wanted to talk about in the update. But um, as of recording this, I mean, there are probably like 10 new controversies sitting in the drafts of her <laughs> now deleted Twitter. But um, yeah, I don't know. Don't watch this movie, please. It's so bad. Um, every The entire time I was watching this film... You know that feeling like when you're about to cry and that area right behind your eyes feels really heavy and it feels like the tears are like welling up right there. I felt that that entire time I was watching the movie and I'm actually still feeling it now. I mean, it's just a lot of it was just deeply disturbing and I am shocked that this was released at all, but yeah, that's all I have to say. So I'm Sam again. So thank you. And now we'll get back to our outro. Bye. I think, yeah. Are we good with Sia? Yeah. Bye Sam. Yeah. So that's our, our take on Sia's new film music, which comes out February 12th, 2021. Sam from uh, the planet eclipse discord server. You can find me at into the ozone, hashtag 6969. And I am Will, a.k.a. Miss Ibooty, hashtag 4809. Okay, so we will see you again soon.
And just like that, we have reached the end of the show. Uh, thank you for listening, and we hope to see you next week. A big thank you to Will and Sam for helping us with this week's episode, and be sure to join us next time for more discussion on the Planet Eclipse podcast. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you again soon. Bye! Bye.